This is Andres from Double Tap, and you're listening to the MASHcast on Mash Those Buttons. Those buttons mash cast. I am Jared, and I am here with the scourge of Iron Forge and Games Industry Public Defender Nick Zelenkevich. Hey, how's everybody doing? Yes, I'm also here uh, with the host of Mash Those Buttons <laughs> in Orbit. The host? The host. You, you said it kind of weird. The first you're like who's? Yeah, I'm t- I got this. I got that tongue thing going on, man. <laughs> Anyway, that that's Jorge. He's right. I did say it, you know, wrong. You may hear me trip up on some words. Um, as the podcast continues, there is something going on, and I'm not exactly what. According to WebMD, I have bird flu, but uh, cool. I'm not, I'm not exactly sure what's going on with that. But anyway, yes, Jorge from N Orbit is here. How you doing, Jorge? I'm feeling particularly doomy today. Feeling doomy today. That should bode well for the MASHcast. Yes. If, if you don't know, my favorite character in any medium is Dr. Doom. And if I'm feeling doomy, that means I'm feeling very, very good. Even in film? Even... No! <laughs> no! No! Wasn't ready for that one. No, Alfie wasn't ready, no! <laughs> Alright, so... <laughs> To get on with the show, uh, we're, we're trying to do things a little differently. Um, you know, we're, we're mixing up the format a bit. We're basically going to do about 15 minutes, maybe, worth of news. And, you know, usually with the MASHcast, we have like seven, eight topics that we get into, and some may be long, some may be short. But now, well, we're going to try to get all the news stuff done within the first 15 minutes of the show, and then we'll step into some heavier conversation after that. Uh, so... In, in the spirit of getting things done, um, let's talk a little bit of uh, a few news items this week. It was kind of a slow news, slow news week, it feels like. Not much happened. And that's really bad considering that Apple's, you know, uh, new console, you know, the, things that, the thing that well, analysts were saying for years. Just by calling it a console, console just by calling it a console, you're already going too far. Yeah, like the thing that analysts have been t- predicting for years that was going to, you know, destroy consoles has finally come. And it's, it's, no, no, it's, it's nothing like that. So, um, <laughs> it, it being a slow news week was kind of funny this week in particular. Actually, why don't we just start with that one? Because, uh, that's a big one. Yeah, that's, you know, we were, that was going to be the last on the list for the news, but we'll just start with it. So, uh, the Apple TV, oh, obviously people, it's, it's been around for a while, but Apple specifically said that it was going to focus more on gaming and I think the presentation for the gaming portion of the Apple TV was like, what was it, like five minutes? 
It was about as long as the demonstration of the app for shopping. And that's never a good sign right there. No. <laughs> no. Like, I mean, it, it to, for, for anybody to compare this to a console, they'd have to be not a gamer at all. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's obviously just iPhone or iOS games on an Apple TV. That's what it is. I think that there's no local storage. The maximum uh, size of a game could be like 200 megabytes. And if it's bigger than that, then they have to package it in some special way, kind of the way that Hearthstone is packaged. Well, I love that the Fallout Shelter is 205 megabytes. <laughs> really? Yes. Now, yeah. I will say this. Um, the one interesting thing about um, the updated Apple TV um, when you look at the website, the original website before the, um, the, the keynote event, it was that um, it would be Mac, iPhone, uh, what is it, music, iPod, and whatever. Now they completely removed iPod. It's now, the TV actually has its own little tab at the top. In order for you to find the actual Apple TV on the website, you actually had to go into iPod for some reason. They never gave its own tab. So really? now it's basically Apple saying it's out of beta, it's its own thing. Looking at the product as a whole, not just the gaming part, which I know that this is a, a more of a gaming podcast, but I think it's important to look at it as, as, as a whole. Um, it's a very well put together package. Um, it has a very cool remote. The concept is very, very cool. As a gaming platform, it's very, very lacking. Very, very lacking. It, it, oh, I think the onboard capacity was only 200 megabytes total. Um, that, that, that's the, the hard drive. It has 200 megabytes, which in this day and age of terabytes and, and gigabytes, that's just not cutting it at all. At all. Um, there's no way for me to, to put down a, a very serious... Um, game on the platform then have to remove it to install a new game it it there's it's it's just impossible um i will say this if you have an iphone and you were to download the game th- this is how i think it's going to work you, for the more serious titles you're going to download the game to your iphone and then you're going to connect you can because one of the big things that they subtly hinted at when they showed what Apple TV supports was the game uh, gamepad interface that Apple developed specifically for iOS, which I haven't seen many developers take advantage of it, but that's another story. Um, you connect the controller to the i uh, the the Apple TV, and then you stream the game from the iPhone. It's a completely inelegant s- solution, and it makes me wonder. Well. Why was everybody thinking this was going to be a game system? Because the media has a hard on for Apple making a game system. Yeah, but Apple also did say that they were focusing on gaming well, with the new Apple TV. The they problem, did say that. The, the problem, time. the problem is the fundamental word gaming. Because I mean, look at what gaming is on your your phone now. I mean, there's plenty of games that you can play on there, but there's nothing that we would seriously consider to be, you know, like an actual game. Like you know, like like you like. I mean, yes, there will be games on there. There was that what beat rhythm game or whatever that they demonstrated that that uh, 
like the sports rhythm game that you can play on there and Crossy Road and, and whatnot. Like those games exist and they're games and they're an experience. And there's a market for that insofar as people who just want like something to kind of while away the time. Um, but yeah, as far as like getting any kind of like actual console competitor, no, like, no, like you're not, you're not going to be like, oh, I don't need a PlayStation because I have an Apple TV. But it's more like if all of a sudden your cable box let you play Angry Birds. Like, oh, yeah, maybe I'll play Angry Birds on my cable box then if I have that option and I feel like playing some Angry Birds. It's it's not at all comparable. It's not the same market. It's it's vastly different. Unfortunately for, for a lot of these companies, the way they compete has always been on graphics. And the one image that they do have on there, um, it seems slightly between a PS3 and a PS4 in terms of quality. Not That's not to say the high end of PS4, but it, it is a, a, a very flashy looking um, image and it, and it seems to be doing pretty, that it can do some pretty good um, graphics. Um, and that's what the big problem is, is everybody tries to compare the, the experience of these two different things. It's, it's, it's apples and oranges. Um, <laughs> Pun intended. Oh, I see what the, I didn't even try there. <laughs> anyway, um, I, I, the the controller opens up a lot of interesting possibilities, but in the end, we've seen it back in two thousand six on the Wii U. I mean, the Nintendo Wii, the original Wii. Um, and I I don't know. I and what 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 intrigues me is the fact that. Nintendo will soon be putting out games for iPhone and Android. Are they going to take advantage of this and basically port over their own version of Wii Sports? Because if they did, you know for a fact it would sell a whole bunch of titles. Would it? Well, at least Wii Sports. I mean, like, I feel like everybody who, who would buy an Apple device already bought a Wii and played that. I don't see them going back and be like, oh, I can play bowling again. Like... You could theoretically still leave your Wii out if you really wanted to. There's a reason why Nintendo sells the original Super Mario Brothers on every version of the system. It sells. It's true. People, it's true. People will buy. People will buy simply based on the name. Um, kind of jumping on to another topic that you were that that we had um, with the Nvidia um, throws throwing serious shade at Apple TV because it is interrelated. Um, people will mock Apple TV and its gaming, you know, capabilities, but we know for a fact this thing is going to sell millions of, of, of units. Has NVIDIA, has the NVIDIA, uh, Shield so, even sold a hundred thousand co- units? Um, it's, it's definitely not failing. Hold on a second. Let's see. Let me see if I can find, uh, some sales yeah, numbers. numbers. The only reason it's, not, I, it's definitely it's not failing for sure, um, but yeah, I mean it definitely won't. It definitely will not uh, sell. The Shield will not sell as much as this new Apple TV. Absolutely. Um, I mean, the, the from, I, I looked at this product because I was actually very interested to see what the new Apple TV was, and I was actually impressed up until the games part. The games part is where everything started taking a nosedive, and it definitely took a huge plunge the second that other girl came on on to talk about that say uh, that uh, shopping app and 
This is a fantastic experience that can only be done on Apple TV. I mean, you swipe with your fingers and it just glides. Oh, look at these beautiful pictures. Oh, it's so gorgeous. You can just click and buy. Who, whoever thought of this? Whoever thought of, of clicking and buying? Oh, anyway. Um, a lot of it was good, but I left watching that feeling that it was just basically another version of Apple TV with more bells and whistles. There's nothing major about it. And I, I have an Apple TV myself, and I know that when I update it to the new um, version of, because it's now uh, tvOS, which is their version of um, OS X or whatever they want to call it for um, for the TV platform, which is going to have its own Apple Store, which is, that's where the gaming is going to come from. I guarantee you, people are, are, are sleeping on this as a gaming platform, but I, the second somebody puts out a very good title that works within the parameters of Apple's ecosystem, and it, and it provides a very good quality console-like uh, console experience, People will rush to develop for that for that system, and then next year's version comes with a, with hard drive support or whatever, and then more people start playing it. But until that one title comes out there that provides a console like experience on that Apple TV, it's going to be tough to sell this as a as a proper gaming platform. Can it be done? Yeah, but my experience with Super Mario Maker shows that. I have very little faith in people as uh, most of the general public as uh, serious game developers. Uh, I don't think the problem that we're going to, that people are going to have with the Apple TV uh, is seeing it as a viable platform because Apple's already shown that gaming on iOS devices is a viable platform. It's not going to have that issue. I think the issue is right now, a lot of developers are waking up to the fact that, the vast majority of games that are put on iOS platforms don't really make it anywhere. And that's the problem uh, because of the way Apple does promotion uh, for games in the app store uh, because of the consuming, like, you know, the way consumers is just so, there's just so much there at this point. It's like oversaturated. And if you like look on like Gama Sutra and, and sites of that nature, or like the, a lot of developer blogs, they're not, saying that they're fed up with it or, or, or pissed about it, but they're, they're coming to the realization that it's not, it, like, while there's a huge audience there, it's it's more luck than anything. It's a lottery. But, yeah. it, but is that a symptom of Apple's promotion, or is it a, a symptom of the developers unable to properly promote their product? The reason, uh, I, the reason I say that, there's... I mean, Flappy Bird, for example, had no promotion, no nothing. I'm not saying that that's a, a very good game, but it came from literally nowhere with no promotion. They had nothing, and then, bam, it, it caught on. Why? Word of mouth. Um, somebody picked it up, they played it, it, it went on from there. And yet yeah, you have these but games... it also got pushed to the front of the App Store. That's, when it really, that's why so many people got their hands on it. It got... But it got pushed up to the front because people kept downloading it. Well, yeah, but there's I mean, we even talked about it on this show that's easily done, like by uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, you know, not uh, uh, some uh, frowned upon methods. People people can do that. That's that's a legit service that a lot of places offer to get your app 
pushed up. It's a legit, illegit service. Exactly. And there's, there's actually been several Gama Sutra articles, you know, uh, talking about that and how a dev did it and it actually ended up hurting him in the longer run. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and that's the thing. So, I mean, it's it's not it's not that as simple as, it, you know, something catching word of mouth, which something definitely can. Don't get me wrong. There's things that can definitely catch word of mouth and it works out. But in... As time as time has progressed, I think it's that's becoming way less viable. Kind of like um, grassroots, you know, music now. It's so how much harder is it for somebody who makes good music, to even to start a grassroots campaign and get the and get their music and actually you know make a living off of that. It's, it's I think it's the same thing with like indie development or iOS platforms. And on Android platforms, it's even worse because a lot of people like will only buy a game if it's, if free. it's free. To, if it's free, yeah, and that and and that's why you have the ad platform in Android that uh, seems to be pretty popular. Yeah. You know, so I, I think that's the issue more so than the Apple TV because I mean, like more than likely, like any game you can play on Apple TV, you're gonna be able to play on an iPhone, an iPad. You know, so there's a huge audience there, but it's just getting your game working. Uh, you know, not working, but you know, out there and people playing it and making money off of it. I think that that's the issue. Because depending on how like how you spent your budget, like did you know, are are you budgeted so that you have the game out for free for uh, some time and get people hooked into it and then try to get some sort of like microtransaction involved, or was it built with microtransactions from the start, or is it built for people to pay for? You know, that's the thing. See, but it, it seems like a lot of a lot of games lately have been adopting that model where it's free to play, and then they get you with different colored mounts or whatever, you know, to try to get to recoup the costs. Um, and it works for some games, and it definitely fails on a lot of other games. Um, but. The problem is there's no real solution, at least none that anybody has really come up with. Um, and until there is some sort of solution to that, I don't see any any way that, that people can honestly make money off of games on on iOS or even Android. Um, and and I, know, I know there's companies that obviously make millions and millions of dollars but i'm talking about the the gaming uh gaming as a whole well no i mean like it's 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 profitable enough that almost the entire industry started to shift toward that the only deterrent is how difficult it is to actually get seen that's the issue if you get seen you're fine but if you if you if you're not seen if you're caught in this sea of games, especially as an indie developer, like you're almost it's almost a, a waste. So uh, lots of discussions are going are based on well, how do you get seen on iOS? What's your best methods and things of that nature? So it's it's still, it's a very viable platform, but I just think it's more uh, over the years we've seen more devs, you know, come back toward PC because it's just as you know. It's it's open, so you can do whatever you want. And it's, I think it's easier to be seen or or, or or visible, you know. But is it as profitable? 
it depends. Like, it, it depends. Like, you know, is it more profitable? For, like, is it potentially more profitable? I would say there's pro- there's more iOS users than there are PC gamers. But what, like, you know, if you try to get, you know, your game successful on iOS and you fail, you make no money. Whereas if you target it toward PC, you'll make more. Yeah, but but comparing the whole iOS users and PC gamers, I, I, that that's the old argument about like I, I feel like everybody that's an iOS gamer now is the same people who would would have been counted as a gamer because they played Solitaire on Windows a few years ago, and they, the only reason they don't play Solitaire on Windows anymore is well twofold: one because it's not bundled with Windows anymore, and two people use their iPhone more than they use their you know their their desktop computer. That you know like the iPhone's just more convenient at that point. Mm-hmm. It's it, it, it's it's really not comparable. It, 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 it's I don't know. It, it almost feels sort of disingenuous for us to be talking about it in a way because, like the the whole Apple ecosystem, like gaming exists as part of it, and Apple at least pays lip service to that part of it. But it fundamentally, like that's not the gaming experience we're interested in. Like yes, we talk about. Um, uh, Rovio or uh, why can't I think of that one company Zynga that's right Zynga the one that was terrible um, you know at least we talk about them like when they do stuff that relates to you know the gaming industry but fundamentally like you know their experiences are, are just different I mean I, I play I play Bejeweled 2 I've talked about that on the PlayStation 4 and when I'm looking to play Bejeweled 2 I'm literally looking for something where I can just press buttons and shut my mind off for like 20 minutes just to like decompress like when i go to play like you know warcraft or mass effect like there i'm looking like no i want to play this specific experience it's the difference it'd be like a t like like talking about tv shows and trying to compare you know like breaking bad and the wire to you know crap like the the kardashians or whatever you just put on for background noise they're two like technically they all fall under the same purview but they're vastly different and apple Apple, like, like I said, they pay lip service to gaming, but fundamentally they don't care. And I don't know why. I don't know why the media is so dead set. Like, because I guess fundamentally, like Apple could, if Apple really wanted to say, like, we want to make a gaming device, we have the cachet, we have the resources. Like, they could say, like, we want Apple TV to be a place for gaming and establish a gaming console. They could do what Microsoft wants to do. They could make that device that is a gaming console and an ent- entertainment center. And and they could charge more for it and get away with it because they're Apple. But they don't want to. They have no interest in doing that. So they pay a little bit of lip service here or there because they know that games sell some of their devices. Yeah, they, they you know, they, they may do some stuff, you know, up the resolution, make it easier for games, you know, put limits on games, making it harder for games in some ways. But ultimately, it doesn't matter because that's not what they're interested in. And anybody, like, they're not stopping anybody from putting games on the system, but they're they're not, they're, it's, it's not, it, it's really not, uh, I don't think it's an intuitive experience for that. I think we spent more than enough time on this. Let's just move on. (laughs) So basically, I was right, and you have nothing else to say. I have nothing else to say. It's not worth talking about. Not this much. (laughs) We're just going to go around. 10 minutes in, it's not worth talking about. (laughs) Actually, 20 minutes in. So much for that format. Um, The only other piece of news that we had was that Microsoft was shutting down the Indie Games program. Which, I mean, I'm not surprised since most of the stuff that came out of indie games programs were like back massagers for Xbox 360. <laughs> like they so it, they, if they you're an indie developer, who loves you more, Apple or Microsoft right now? Uh, Microsoft still. I mean, Apple really doesn't care. Yeah. They'll, they'll, they'll make money despite you. Yeah. <laughs> um, the only thing I would say about the 
the Xbox Live indie games program is that Microsoft handled it the wrong way. Like, they were too hands-off. The difference between Sony and Microsoft is that Sony was very hands-on with their indie game programs, and that led to a lot of stuff, including, like, Journey, where they were very hands-on with helping the developer get, you know, indie games out there, whereas Microsoft gave the indie devs a platform. They gave them peer review, set really tight limits on how big the games could be, and then let just let them have at it, and you just got you just you were left with a, a ton of shitty games, uh, and you did have some gems in there that were pretty good, but just most of them were were really really bad. And I remember when the the Microsoft indie games community was really trying to um, come together and put together these weeks where they'd release a group of games that were supposedly really good, but just because of the way that peer review went in that system, it didn't necessarily work out. I think they tried to do it twice and then just stopped. So, yeah, that program's gone. I think that the ID at Microsoft, uh, the ID at Xbox program is much better. Microsoft is way more hands-on than that. And that's the way they should be doing it. They're really playing catch-up with Sony right now, and there's nothing wrong with it. There, there's nothing wrong with it. And, um, it's funny, because, you know, you'll still hear a lot of people talking shit about Microsoft playing catch-up. The thing about Microsoft playing catch-up is they will eventually catch up. <laughs> and once, they, especially if they keep going the way they're going, and um, I uh, was having this conversation with somebody else uh, about a week ago, as if Microsoft does catch up with Sony, and now they're neck and neck, Microsoft will win this race. They will beat out Sony if they can get neck and neck with Sony, because the the infrastructure that they have put together is it, it can beat out the PlayStation Four. Here's the problem: I, I don't I don't see them catching up to Sony at all. Uh, I do. I mean, I totally see them catching up with Sony, especially in terms of services. Like, they can match PlayStation Plus. That's not an issue. Uh, they already can recover much faster from a uh, denial of service than Sony does. They have um, they have the um, cloud computing infrastructure already set up for Xbox developers. They're just not using it right now. Uh, yeah, I, I think they can totally catch up with Sony. It's right now, like, they have more of an image issue than anything right and that's that's you have you have poor image it doesn't matter how how good your system is it, it it's that's it that, well, that's yeah. for, no, for a but and a lot of and a lot of times if if let's say i mean i think it's safe to say you me and nick we're we're more fortunate than most most people in terms of gaming we can we can have all three systems if we really wanted to um there are a lot of people out there. They get one system, and that's it, because that's all they can 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 afford. And if you're to, if they that one person gets that PlayStation Four, Xbox lost already. Um, and and it's it, it, to have such a huge lead at this point in the game, two years after the system came out. I mean, it, it, if you were to catch up at the end, the tail end of the the gaming cycle, kind of like what Xbox 360 did in terms of the the Wii U. I mean, the original Wii. I mean, Nintendo already won that and they moved on, and the entire industry. I mean, they disregarded the Wii, but in terms of money, Nintendo won that. So, what's to say that? If if Xbox is is lagging again behind 
and they catch up at the end, but oh, here comes PlayStation 5. What's the point of, of having made up all that stuff if you had to heavily discount your game system to even get that lead? You're not making money, and, and you're just... Pro- right now, the the CEO of, of, of Microsoft has been heavily considering just completely spinning off Xbox. Well, they've been talking about that for years. Yes. It's been, that's and, because yeah, analysts... has, has Microsoft been talking about that, or have the investors and analysts been talking about that? Microsoft. Because I feel like they... I, I feel like, again, it's one of those things where the media drives a lot of that hype. No, that, that, that's definitely a Microsoft thing, and you can definitely see it in their way they're, they're approaching their systems right now. They are, tr- are transitioning from a software-based um, system where everything goes through Windows to more of a services provider. Um, th- they don't care what platform you're on. They want Windows to be the forefront, whether it's Office, whether it's uh, Outlook or whatever. They want their, 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 their thing all over the place. That was made obvious this past week as well. At the Apple, uh, um, at the Apple demonstration, where I never expected to see Microsoft on the Apple, uh, the, for, for the the stuff for the uh, iPad Pro, that was that was that was the biggest shocker of, of that of that when I saw Microsoft show up. I was like, what? It's easy for for them to put out an app and say, hey, here's an app, you know, all on their own. But the fact that they got put there by Apple shows how much of a of a from a hardware perspective, Microsoft is just like here. Just take it. You can. You guys can probably uh, promote it better, and we can make more money off of that. Um, they're slowly just killing off their their Surface. Uh, I mean, they're not making money at all from Surface. They want to spin that off. They've already basically given up on Windows Mobile. Um, the the their phones, and if. Xbox as a whole continues to be in the red. What's to say that they're they're like okay, you guys are are you guys have a good enough foundation? We'll still partner with you for certain services, but you guys are going to be on your own. And if they're on their own, Xbox will not survive. I mean, I agree with you, ex- except for the fact that Sony did exactly what I've been what I was just talking about. Sony was the way if you're talking between if you exclude the Wii because we've we've said several times on this podcast that Nintendo is its own thing like they're not competing right. on the console wars right. but Sony had a terrible start in the uh, in the past generation mm-hmm. then on top of that they had the breach but Sony beat out Xbox in terms of sales third quarter of 2013 they had already sold 76 million PS3s. Versus Microsoft only selling 72 million Xbox 360s. Xbox ruled that generation for a very, very long time and came out in the end. And then Sony still pulled it out in the end because of what they did. They changed their marketing team to be from being about, you know, the, the PS3 being this amazing device to the PlayStation brand, which focused on gamers and gave gamers what they want. You know, even after the, I think what was it, PlayStation Plus came after the breach, and people still, because of how good it was, people, you know, jumped all over it. All Microsoft has to do is maneuver correctly, and they can definitely, definitely catch up with Sony. But like, they're you... not that far behind. Like, they, they're not farther behind Sony than Sony was behind them, you know, in the, uh, you know, in the early 2000s. 
but well, not would, earlier, but you know, before before twenty ten. But go ahead. I was gonna say, okay, you you mentioned that PlayStation three as a whole sold more systems than Xbox, but would you say PlayStation three beat out Xbox in terms of of, of winning that that generation? Oh, absolutely. No, they 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 absolutely did not. How do they not win the console that that generation? Because if let's say that you okay, let's say you buy a PlayStation three and you only buy two titles in, in the life of that system. Xbox had, on average, four games per individual per system. Sony had two. In total, Xbox made more money off of the X, the, the 360 than PS uh, than the than PlayStation made off of the PS3 per per individual. That's a fact. So if, if their numbers are somewhat close, to seventy six to seventy two. It's easy to see that Xbox made more money in terms of their overall service and their games than PlayStation did. They couldn't because they were de- they were in the red by two billion dollars in 2013. Not to mention, Sony controls all the distribution of their own hardware. Right, but but Xbox also in the previous generation. Yes, Xbox was in the red because of. Failed attempts in trying to get into the um, into Japanese market, but in just the American market alone, they made way more money than Sony ever did. And right now, unlike previous generations, you win the American market, you win, you win everything. But that can't, I'm just saying that can't be the case because the PlayStation division is what kept Sony alive, whereas the Xbox division was being offset by the fact that Windows sale, like Windows, like. Uh, production suite sales like uh, uh, Windows Server and Office were doing so well. Like so, like Sony is alive because of PlayStation. That's why Kaz is, you know, the man in charge now. They couldn't have been making that much more money than 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 uh than Sony on a worldwide scale. In the United States, Microsoft completely they. They definitely won the console war on the home front. Like mm-hmm. that's why more most people have um, an Xbox. They had an Xbox 360, and that's why so many people here just immediately hopped over to an Xbox One. Oh, new Microsoft console, great, no problem. You know, even like uh, Diverse did that. He did the same exact thing. He was like, okay, cool, no problem, I'll move over. But what happens? A couple months later, he's buying a PS4 to play Destiny with us. You know, and that's what he he pretty much plays. The only time he even hops on his Xbox One is to like pretty much talk to his family that's far away because they have Xbox Ones because they had the Xbox 360 and just you know moved it over. You know, like Microsoft, they uh, they they well actually I would say well, I'm trying to think when did they start their transition into the whole? I would say they well, Sony was catching up. And then they started to transition into the whole probably around 2011, 20, not 2012, but around 2011 is when they really started losing favor. And that's why, like, in, in 2013 itself, they were two, like, just alone, they were $2 billion in the red. That's a lot. Like, you know, it's, it, I'm just saying, like, I don't think Sony is going to have a misstep the same way Microsoft did. But if Microsoft continues in the path, and continues with the cheaper console, they can totally recoup and get on level with Sony. And then it's going to be equal for a while. We're going to see a lot of great shit. And then when the PS4, 
when those components start to tap out because uh, you know the 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 components of the PS4 and the Xbox One were already two years behind when those consoles were released. Right. So when they start to tap out, Microsoft has they have some trump cards. They have the Azure Cloud. They have cloud computing that they can throw these computations on and have better performance and you know new things with games that Sony just won't have. But game companies won't use them. And there's one reason and one reason alone. You will never use a service that you cannot use on another, another system. If you're, if you're going to release to a wide audience, you would never do that. So as much as, 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 as Xbox has this stuff, it means diddly squat outside of first-party stuff or, or special stuff created specifically for that system. That's not necessarily true because developers do it now. Like for example, like develop if on, especially on like a PC, um, and I'm not even talking about between PC console. I'm talking about PC to PC. There are a lot of games that people don't even realize if they have an AMD processor, they don't get certain features. They don't get certain effects. However, if they do have an Intel processor, now they have certain things that are available to them, and they would never notice because the game developer is not going to tell you these things right but 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 you what you're talking about is something that would make the game in some instances run uh i'm talking about platform specifically just you have to exclude pc because that's a completely different monster in terms of ps4 and xbox one the, the systems are pretty much right now anyway pretty close to to each other in terms of power so the games are going to be almost identical in terms of the way they run the way they operate if you have a game that it takes advantage of that azure cloud on the xbox one you cannot release that on ps4 because the ps4 would not be able to do that processing right and if you have that where one console is running a game in another where compared to another one especially now where ps4 has such a lead you're, that game isn't going to sell. The game no. is only—it's only, only going to be able to to sell on that Xbox One, and then you lose potential customers. So if I'm a gaming company like or, or a publisher like Activision or EA, my initial thought is: okay, these games have to be nearly identical to each other. It's it's part of the reason why we we saw it with with uh, the previous Assassin's Creed where. They they release it on the PS4 with identical um, resolution as the Xbox One, so that nobody could complain. And they made a big hubble lose. No, that's not the reason why. Yet we know very well that the PS4 had extra power to 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 do that 1080p, but they didn't want to go there because it would have been seen as an inferior copy. Uh, the Xbox One copy would have been seen as the inferior copy to the PS4. Not even, not even necessarily that it's an inferior copy, but it's just that when you're developing for the two systems, you're going to play to the lowest common denominator. Right. So if the Xbox has that Azure cloud, you're just not going to, you're not going to use that if you know the game's going to be made for the PlayStation and for the Xbox, just because you're not, you know, why would you change the development cycle, you know, for the two different any more than you have to? Mm -hmm. The only games that are going to use that Azure cloud are going to be Xbox exclusives, which is kind of what Microsoft wants because if they can say like, look, we've got these exclusive games that offer these great features that can only be played on our console. That's a win for us. Yeah. 
it, it's 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 part of the reason why you know I mean it's to a much smaller extent people weren't using Connect for anything. I mean, exclude the camera capabilities. You could have, you, you could have used the the microphone for different things. You could have used the 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 X ray or whatever to um, detect your heartbeat and, and change things, kind of like Eternal Darkness. But there there were games that did do exactly that, and people just showed that they didn't want it in the first place. Like who oh, was it? Not NBA Live. Uh, fucking uh, 2K. NBA 2K used the microphone. People were surprised that they used the microphone. Didn't like the fact that he used the microphone because you could, you can, if you like something happened, you cursed, you'd get a technical foul in the game. That's like a small was that was that NBA or was that FIFA? That was 2K, that was NBA 2K. I don't know if if Microsoft put that in FIFA. FIFA, they did put it in FIFA where if you curse, it it would give you a red card, yeah, yeah. And they put they did it in uh 2K, they did that, and people didn't like it. The problem with the connect is that nobody wanted to use it, no, it was a gimmick, nobody. Uh, was interested in it at all now i'm not saying that they have to use azure cloud to make the game run but if and I'm, ta- and I'm talking at the not at the end of the, of the console cycle but i'm talking about after both of these consoles are tapped out developers aren't going to just be like well, okay well i guess that's it they're going to want to use more power and several developers have already we've seen them just not develop for a specific console you know we we you because they think it's underpowered so epic has that mentality crytek has that mentality there's especially like the high a lot of the higher end developers have that mentality where they won't necessarily do that but you can if you can take some processes like background processes and throw them into the azure cloud and have them compute and then come back you know that that is something that is totally usable and not that difficult to implement in a cross-platform game I mean, we've all, like developers are already using disk plus hard drive, pro, you know, uh, as mediums for processing. Well, not mediums for processing, but to, you know, for to, for faster reading. And if Microsoft says, "Hey, we have a third way for you to read and process data, and that way your games will run faster, you'll have less fr- frame loss, and you can do uh, better draw distances, and you know, all these different things that ha- are happening in the background for players that they don't even notice," that's that is a big boost that that is a that is a big boost that for in talks that can go you know uh behind closed doors because if you do use the azure cloud for that you'd still have to uh put in place a method where what if the person has that internet connection well then they just can't use this process and the game runs slower i mean that's that's that it's not that difficult to do well i'm not saying it's like super easy to do either but it's not impossible to do but but based on the just just think about the demo that they the original demo that they had a couple months ago where it was where they were showing the the one building getting blown up. Uh, I don't know if you remember that or not. Where they were showing the Azure Cloud. What are you talking about for the, uh, the crackdown? Crackdown. No 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 no. It, it it was a it was a specific world that they created where they had this big building in front of them and they they just decided to show. All right, this is what happens when it blows up. Without using the Azure Cloud, and it went ran very slowly. Almost, it, if if this if that was an actual game, it would be completely unplayable. And then they showed it uh, using the Azure Cloud, and it went smooth. If it's unplayable without the Azure Cloud, then it's not something that can that can be multi-platform. It just can't. Well, you have to completely remove that that from from a game. And there's no company out, uh, no publisher outside of you know, those that are creating these uh, console-specific stuff that would be willing to do that to alienate a portion of, of their of their audience 
just to have more computational power for a game when it unless Microsoft is throwing millions and millions of dollars at them which they could at to a certain extent but they would have to be throwing every single company would have to be throwing millions of dollars towards Microsoft or or vice versa I'm, I'm, I mean in order to get that in the game and then you have all these copies of games that have something on one system and nothing on the on the other system the, the gamers aren't going to have that they're the, it's just not going to be it's not something that you can sell to these gamers they're going to revolt and they're going to say why put that in the game if i can't play it on this system i'm just not going to play that game because i have this system and i'll just play something else well just because they have a feature that works better in one console than the other doesn't mean it's going to be unplayable i mean I'm, I'm gonna go back to PC as an example because this is th- how PC games have run for almost since the beginning of PC games. It, it's you know when you change a setting, when you change a graphical setting mm-hmm. uh, on a PC game, let's say something simple, low, medium, high, ultra, whatever. Ultimately, all you're doing is turning off and on features. That's all you're doing. And then I, uh, I might I might see if I could pull up. A, like, I had this old Counter Strike video that I made talk uh, where i would go through the different settings and what that meant for the player what you would see what you would hear you know and like i said it's just turning things on and off like in counter-strike if your pc wasn't counter-strike store specifically if your pc wasn't good enough and you you know turned off these features you could still play the game the physics still kind of worked but just not as well as they would before like these consoles are more like pcs than ever they're using x86 architectures this is totally doable without completely hosing an audience and now you have a game that a developer is proud of because it has you know all these features and it plays the best on xbox but hey if you're on if you're a ps4 user you can also play this game and it plays this way it's just like people who you know, for example, like Far Cry 4, for example, if you have the latest, greatest graphics card or the most powerful graphics card, it's fucking phenomenal. But it is more than playable if you have a two-year-old graphics card and you just turn it down a little bit. Yeah, I mean, but, it's totally doable. But what you, 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 unfortunately, you cannot compare the PC to the, to the console. It, it, it's just, it, it's completely impossible. You cannot upgrade a, a console to have better graphics yourself to, to switch out a, a board or something so you you have things that are, are are common on both sides in terms of console um on pc it's it's, it's there's multiple different versions multiple different people using different operating systems weaker what windows 7 all the way to windows 10 you have different sound cards you have different setups you have different a whole bunch of stuff that, that completely changes the experience on a pc it's com- it, it it's at, uh, in this case it definitely is apples and oranges in terms of PC and console. I understand what your what your argument is, but right here in terms of console we have console A and console B both perform similar. Console B all of a sudden gets a a, a feature that can make a game have a mode that cannot be done on console A, and these companies are going to be like, I can't do that because then I can't put that game out on console A in its full form. And they will not, and if you have to remove stuff, then you're just like, well, you know, what's the point of even having that feature in the first place? They're they're just going to get rid of it and just save time, save money, 
because we already know games are getting expensive and they'll they'll just have it so that's equal on both systems that way they can sell these copies i'm not saying use azure cloud to make a new game mode that is completely reliant on it. I'm just talking about taking like improving performance of the game overall by taking computations that the CPU of the console has to do and moving it to the cloud. Oh, that's I, I, all I'm saying. And that no. is completely doable. It's not apples and oranges when you compare it in that aspect because that's all it is. When you have a graphics card or a, versus when you use a, a better graphics card versus an older graphics card, it's literally just the amount of computations that it can do or how it handles the computations. Right. That's all I'm saying. I, I, I get that. But again, it, 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 it's all about the perception to the customer. They never want to feel that, like they have the inferior version. We already have that in Destiny. And for both systems, they... They pretty much perform exactly the same in terms of graphics. But, you know, console A, in this case, PlayStation has all this stuff that console B doesn't. And it's in terms of licensing deals and whatnot. But if you were to say console B has this because of graphics stuff, uh, in terms of graphics, in the mind of the consumer, they're like, I have the inferior version. Why am I getting the inferior version? And it just, it dilutes the, 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 the relationship between the the game maker and the and the and the, the, the consumer to the point where they're just like I'm just not gonna buy that game. There are people who will be like that, and there's a lot more people who who are are like that just because of the way they perceive things. It, we see it all the time. You and me, like me, I could care less if if Xbox One had or use Azure Cloud. I'm just arguing from the point of a consumer that sees. Console A, Console B, they're pretty much the same. They're just made by two different companies. Oh, this game is only available on Console B, but I have Console A. I'm not going to even bother with that that game. And if I'm a game developer, I'm, I want to make sure that my games are on both systems to sell as many copies as possible. But console gamers already receive the inferior versions of games all the time. They receive the inferior version of Call of Duty. They receive the inferior version of Battlefield. You know, they receive the inferior version of Crisis. They receive the inferior version of Far Cry 4. And yet they, they still buy and play it. But, but you know, the, these, a lot of these gamers, they don't look at the PC version. No. Yeah. Actually, you know what a good example is? Quake. With Quake, not Quake, sorry, with Doom coming out, because Doom is going to be multi-platform. It's going to be PC, PS4, uh, Xbox One players on the ps4 are going to get shafted like they will from console to console have an inferior version of the game because they will not have the mod support that the xbox does like they won't but i can't believe i find hard to believe that you're not gonna have people who are gonna who aren't gonna buy that game on playstation just because of that i mean like if they have a playstation they don't have an xbox one if they want to play it which i'm pretty sure they will if they're a shooter fan they're just gonna get it anyway and then they won't have the features. You know? You didn't have people not buying Destiny on Xbox just because they couldn't get a Hawkmoon. You know, or the various... Actually, they, they, there were a lot of people that, that didn't buy it on Xbox. But, the, well, of... they had a, but did they have a PS4? No. Talking, okay, well... And then they and then they bought a PS4 just to play it on that, on that system. Well, those are Destiny extremists. Wait, okay. so, so, Jared, did Destiny you buy... ISIS. Did you buy Destiny on a PS on on the Xbox because you don't have a Hawkmoon? No, no, that's the, that's very funny, Nick. That's actually very funny. <laughs> <Damn>. <laughs> that's 
Damn. Oh wow, that that yeah. that's that, that that stung a little, Nick. That's yeah. a soft, that's a soft <laughs> spot for me. Wow, wow. I'm done, Jorge. You can continue with the show. <laughs> no, but yeah, that's the time. I mean, like, that's I think that that's that, I think that's that's a good example of what we're talking about here because that game don't and we are going to see more of that, not less of it. We're going to see more of that. Uh, the you know the Xbox version of the game having features that the PS4 version doesn't have because of the cross compatibility between Windows and and the Xbox. Although I I have seen way more. I know this sounds weird. I've seen way more cross compatibility between PlayStation Four and PC than I have with Xbox. For now, I'm trying to think. I know what you're talking about. I'm just trying to think of a game that Street does... Fighter does. Yes, uh, yeah, they, there you they, go. they definitely do that. Um. Oh, what are the others? Well, actually, almost all the Capcom fighters are like that. Yeah. Um, well, yeah. They well, actually, a lot. I think a lot of uh, developers or publishers right now have a hard on for PlayStation because it is winning hands down. You know, we saw what a horror Activision was. They completely turned their back on Xbox. Yeah, they did. It, you know, they 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 completely turned their back on Xbox because you know PlayStation, you know Sony was. Uh, beating their ass nobody is denying that if anybody <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty sure somebody listened to this conversation right now and just in shock that i'm defending the xbox the way that i am well you know <laughs> just just to go back for a moment because we were talking about uh, the image issue before and i think the whole thing is you have to remember ish, the image follows the reality and I think right now, I think the big point is that Microsoft's made a lot of the right moves, but Sony still has the the leading image, so to say. Mm-hmm. And I think it's just that that's because Microsoft's image hasn't caught up with them. I mean, we've loved everything that Phil Spencer has done. And I think the whole, you know, the shutting down the indie games thing, I mean, like you said, they have the, what, Xbox uh, ID? ID at Xbox. I mean, yeah. So, I mean, it's it's in a way, it's... it's it's not it do, it's not as as damning for indie games as it seems, but and that's because Microsoft's doing the right things finally, yeah. and it's it, you know it's it's they're kind of correcting the mistakes of the past, but really they're doing they're doing what they should be, and I think yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if you know within two years. I mean, hell, even I've said, I think, you know, I've been a Sony fanboy for how long and I've been skeptical of Microsoft. I mean, I've had every iteration of the PlayStation and no, you know, no Xboxes. And if Phil Spencer keeps doing things the way he's doing, I could totally see myself buying whatever the next iteration of the Xbox is or getting an Xbox One before the end of this cycle. Right. Well, you know what Xbox is doing right now? Right now they're doing what they should be doing is taking cues from Sony. They're making, they've made changes to Xbox Live so that it fits closer to um, what PlayStation Plus is. The games for PlayStation Plus have been getting better. My first Xbox Live uh, Games for Gold game was Rayman. Now it was in May. And then there was another one that came up recently, and I actually I got that as well. So they're doing that. Uh, they're more game-friendly, but then they're also taking steps that Sony is not, like backward compatibility. And I think that gets understated because there is... You, I can't... I would love to hear the conversation that Phil Spencer had with his bosses about getting that to work. How expensive that is for them. You know? Because it's not like the backward compatibility that you had with the PS2 and the PS3 when it first came in where there was hardware pieces in those consoles that made backward compatibility possible. We're talking fully, like, full software backward compatibility 
uh, on a console that was not developed with backward compatibility in mind. That is expensive, and it's a huge gamble because if it doesn't work out well, that itself, I think, could lead to a lot of financial issues for Microsoft because it is not cheap. But if that, if that was a gamble, then I want Phil Spencer to go to Vegas with me because I think I think we can make a ton of money if he's a gambling man. Yeah, dude, like that. I can't, like I mean, it may not seem like a lot, but from a programming perspective, like dude, that that when I heard about that, I was like, you are shitting me. They're really gonna try this. And I'm ex- I'm actually excited. I'm really excited for backward compatibility because, well, the, the one thing I loved about the Xbox, you know what I really loved about the Xbox while I was playing at the Xbox 360? Was Xbox Live Arcade. You'd have the major games that came out, but between the major games, you'd have all these little games on Xbox Live Arcade that were amazing. And those are the games that I'm actually excited about coming back in backward compatibility. Shadow Complex. Oh, yeah, and that's definitely, that is confirmed. The Shadow Complex is confirmed backward compatibility game. And if you bought it, if it's on your Xbox account, it's automatically going to be added to your backward compatibility list. Mm-hmm. And you can play it. So, I mean, like, Microsoft, like I said, they're, they're playing catch-up. They're, they're saying, okay, well, Sony is doing this better, so let's do this. Sony is doing this better, so let's do that. They're doing all that. And then they're making changes to, they're, making, they're doing things that Sony is not going to do. And then when they do catch-up, I think that's going to be an issue for Sony because, I mean, their online infrastructure is much better than Sony's. I mean, if I didn't think Titanfall sucked, the, the, Titanfall sucked, but the only good thing <laughs> about... Yeah, the <laughs> only thing about Titanfall that was amazing was its use of Azure Cloud for its multiplayer. If 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 Destiny uses used Azure Cloud for multiplayer, holy fuck! Like, oh my god! Like that would have been, we would have no lag issues, or very little lag issues in Destiny because the lag would de- definitely be coming from the individual and not from the server. But if they did that, then the best Destiny experience wouldn't be on PlayStation Four, right? And that you know, for anybody that's listening, just because a game uses Azure Cloud as its back end. For multiplayer does not mean it cannot be used on PlayStation. It absolutely can be used on PlayStation, even though it's using the Azure Cloud. Obviously, using the Azure Cloud on a Microsoft platform, you're going to get more of a boost. You're, you're, those players will probably get a priority uh, in terms of bandwidth, but it's still totally possible, um, and it'll work well. I mean, with Azure Cloud, just for example. Let's say you start a game. Let's say we let's say we start a game of Clash. The average ping based on all the players means that we're gonna have a server in St. Louis because that's gonna give us the best average ping. Throughout the game, you have players leave and come, and and halfway through the game, let's say, well, that's not working out anymore because the player dynamic has changed, and now we'd be best suited for a server in Georgia. Seamlessly, the Azure Cloud would move that live instance without stopping the game from from St. Louis to Georgia without players even noticing. Like that is some shit. Like I'm so, I'm, I'm really like geeking out here from the <laughs> from the from the, uh, from the networking standpoint because that's the field I'm working. But yeah, like that is some shit, <laughs> you know. And that's where I think Microsoft. That's they they need they their image issues need to clear up. You know, because Jorge is 100% right, and well, so is Nick, uh, regarding you know, a lot of the way a lot of people view Microsoft. 
But one, if they can, if they can come neck and neck with Sony, which would be good, great for everybody. Because if, oh, if Microsoft, if Microsoft and Sony are now face to face, head to head, Sony's got to make some moves. Sony has got to make some moves to 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 get better. That's, I mean, that's what happened before. Sony was behind. Sony was was not doing well at all. So they made some major moves and got the PS3 to be, you know, the people's exactly. champion. You know, the, the PS3 was people's champion. You know, there was a time when I came home every single day and turned on my Xbox as I was walking to my bedroom after work. And then it sweat, it switched from my PlayStation, from my Xbox to my PlayStation. I'm not saying that I want it to happen again for it to switch again, but it would be cool if I had to choose, like, well, which console am I going to play today? It would be cool if I went to a store and actually had to think about which console do I want to get this game for, you know? Because the Xbox isn't that bad anymore. Now, I mean, I've talked about it several times. Right now, my Xbox is a HBO Go machine, <laughs> you know, uh, because Sony doesn't have the uh, the proper agreement with Comcast, <laughs> which I think is ridiculous. Um, Can they still call Sony it HBO Go, or didn't didn't uh, Pokemon take that, that word from them? Oh, Nick, you and your foreshadowing. Look at you. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I mean, I think it'd be cool. Like, they would be good for everybody if that's the case. So there, once again, way longer than we wanted to spend on that. But fuck it, it's not like I'm not in charge here, right? Right. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, let's just move on to the next topic, which we might as well because of Nick uh, <laughs> talking about Pokemon Go. Uh, if you've been living under a rock. Um, there was an announcement that uh, a new Pokemon mobile game is going to be released, I think, in 2016, so next year. All right. And it's, it's a Pokemon game in which you go out into the real world, you find Pokemon, you can find other trainers to battle, you can trade and do all types of stuff. Uh, and, well, the way the, the commercial went, it looks like an AR game. And I don't think it's going to be an AR game in in terms of true AR, where you take your camera and you're looking through the camera and different things appear. It might be. It might be. Like, we haven't seen any official um, gameplay yet. So there's a good possibility that that may actually happen. Because you know, we do know that Nintendo does like AR, but they like AR on the devices that they control, like the 3DS. You know, the 3DS has AR, which I've actually barely seen used, but it's possible. So the Nintendo may actually uh, want to do AR with the, uh, you know, with Pokemon Go. But the thing is, like, this isn't actually being developed by Nintendo. It's not being developed by the Pokemon Company or Game Freaks. It's actually being uh, developed by uh, Niantic, I believe the name of the company is, or the developer is. And uh, do either of you guys know what Ingress is? Yes. Okay, yeah, because actually I have a friend who plays Ingress, you know, and it's basically uh, it's a it's a GPS game as far as I'm concerned, where you go to different locations and people make these nodes and you have to break the node and build your own and then you can build protections around the nodes and you know all all, all types of stuff, and uh, it's pretty it's a very very popular game. So, you know, the people who are making this game already know about G, you know GPS based games and you know things like that so uh, i think it was a good choice nintendo probably uh probably vetted a lot of developers to make this no 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 nintendo did help out but but they were more hands-off 
on this than, than most people would would think. Well, I didn't say they tried to help build it. I said they probably just helped vet. Like you know, they had to give they had to give the thumbs up to this developer. Oh yeah, they did. They definitely. Yeah, they, they, yeah, they probably, they, they probably, I think they, they probably with a, with, a, with any of their most precious properties, which is all of their properties, if you ask them, right? But um, you know, uh, they, they're gonna like you know, I, the, whoever makes the first Mario mobile game, that's probably gonna be the high, the, the hardest vetting Nintendo will ever do. But the Pokemon is obviously a big, it's a big uh, property for them. Property for them, yeah. And they vetted this company to to make this game, so I'm I'm pretty curious, you know how it is. Like the the thing about Ingress, like I know people who play it, who started playing it, and now they have like you know friends and lots of friends that play, and they met they 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 meet a lot of people through the game itself because they communicate, they meet up in certain places, and you know things like that. It's funny because um, uh, she didn't, but one of the guys that she plays with tried to get me to play because I travel a lot. And I'm just like I'm not I'm not doing your dirty work for you, yeah, <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. But um, yeah. I don't know. Like the thing about Ingress, though, to me, I I'm not, I'm not I don't want to say that they, I'm trying to you know think of the the right words to use here. I don't want to say these people aren't gamers because they obviously are gamers. Um, they're they're go they're driving to different locations at ridiculous times in the morning. You know, to go do things like there's people who fly out to certain locations just to do Ingress stuff. <laughs> okay, um, but they're not typically. I don't think they they're really the audience like your 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 average Pokemon audience or your average console game audience. So I'm curious to see how it works out. You know, because like I think the game is cool and all. You know, when I'm out and about, I'm not necessarily thinking about playing this game. You know, or or, or playing or playing these games. You know, I, I have too many consoles. I have too many games at home to be thinking about that. Like when I'm out and about, I'm doing out. I'm out and about things. When I'm home, I, you know, I'm, I'm you know, gaming and doing other things. So I'm like, while it seems cool, I'm not that interested in actually going out into the world and catching virtual Pokemon. I, I see seems, it right now. Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, I just want to say it seems like it's its own thing. Like if you're, you know, like you might spend an afternoon playing PC games. Like you would now just spend an afternoon going out. Maybe you'll run some errands while you're out. But your primary purpose for being out would be to catch Pokemon. Not necessarily that you're just gonna like. Oh, I happen to be at the supermarket and I saw a Pokemon. Let me let me catch it. Like I think that's kind of how it would work. Here's the thing. I already see a lot of people carrying their phones and their 3ds's. Sitting on the side, just you know, whilst I don't know, like let's say, like for example, a couple weeks ago when we went over to the the fighting game tournament, obviously people went there for the fighting game tournament. There were a whole bunch of people with 3ds's, it was ridiculous. If I were to turn on mine, I guarantee you, I would have gotten like seven thousand swap notes, and I'm like, how did this happen? Or swap notes are gone, whatever it is, where you automatically have all these friends. Anyway, the point being. I could easily see these people, those same people, leaving their 3DSs at home simply because, hey, I'm going to play Pokemon on the go because I have my iPhone with me and I can just do this. If they, if if it provides a comparable Pokemon experience, where they can, because let, let's face it, the main Pokemon experience isn't fighting the eight gym leaders and then all of a sudden finding the last boss or whatever. The main Pokemon experience is after that, where you collect all these Pokemon and then all of a sudden you're fighting against people. If it provides that end game experience pretty well, who's to say that it's basically poke the new version of Pokemon? 
I mean, Game Freak would never say that because they want complete control over that. But if it provides a comparable experience to most people where they're basically doing the end game activity, I could see a whole bunch of people leaving their 3DSs at home and they're just taking their, their iPhone. You'd be surprised. You know for a fact there would be people that would do this. With all of a sudden, they're just throwing, they're like waving their, their iPhone to throw a Pokeball on the subway because, hey, there's a Charizard right there sitting next to Old Mother Goose. Uh, but no, I, I do think it's going to be popular. But at the same time, I would only imagine that just like Ingress, where certain things are, are regional, you're going to have the same problem with, with, with the Pokemon here. And that's the one thing about having Pokemon, I want to at this point, Pokemon in a box on your 3DS. Uh, to get Pokemon that you don't have, you just have to find somebody who has the other version of the game versus having to find somebody who's been to a specific region of the world to get, you know, a specific po- to get specific Pokemon. You know, it's it's a way more like Pokemon on 3DS is way more accessible in terms of completing, you know, your objective. I, mean, I think you'd have to be pretty hardcore in this game to get some of the more. Um, rare Pokemon than we would if you actually just played regular, you know, or played Pokemon on a 3DS. I, I, I honestly believe that that'll be the main kick of the game. We're going to specific area. Like, I'm just pulling this out of my butt. But, if, uh, like, for example, if you go to the Lincoln Memorial at Washington, D.C., all of a sudden a, uh, a I don't know, uh, what's the rare Pokemon? Oh, we'll just go with Mewtwo because he, he's Mewtwo. Mewtwo will appear only at the Lincoln Memorial. So if you want to go get a Mewtwo, you have to go there. Or you have to find somebody. And being the iPhone platform, you can go ahead and easily trade with anybody there. You know you know, people would, would be excited about this. Um, each region having their own specific legendary Pokemon. It would be a big thing, and it would keep certain Pokemon from being all over the place. The whole thing would be to try to find... Or try to build your own little community through that game. And that would be the big... That would actually be a, a pretty cool system. I think it would be pop, more popular than, than people think. I think it would be popular. I'm just not sure like what group of people it's going to be really popular with. Pokemon I think like... fans. Pokemon fans will... If they eat Pokemon Snap, which, which I don't care what NBA says, it was a terrible game. If they eat up ter- Pokemon Snap, they'll eat this up. I have Pokemon Snap. I enjoyed it. It was a horrible game. <laughs> stop it. Just stop it. Just stop, stop, stop. Hey, I didn't I didn't comment on the fucking you know quality of the game. I said I enjoyed it. I don't care. It was Bougetto. Two out of ten would not bang. Why are you hating this so much? Because I hate everything. <laughs> I am I am Doom. Never uh, said he was wrong, but he just wants me to stop. You know, saying that I I had a good time with Pokemon Snap, I did. I had a good time with Pokemon Snap. But I still, I'm not very interested in traveling to get Pokemon specifically. Mm-hmm. It depends. I think it depends what type of gamer you are. I, I, it really does. Like you know, when you have Pokemon in a box, you can meet your objective of catching all the Pokemon. You know, you can catch more than half of them in your game alone, and then you just have to find somebody who has the rare ones. Uh, well, not the rare ones, but like the the you know the Pokemon from the other game. Right. Uh, you know, and that's not that difficult to do. Uh, with this, like, I could totally see. Like, it's I think it, maybe because it's the same thing, the same reason I'm kind of turned off from Angris. Like, when I'm out and away from games, I'm out and away from games. Mm-hmm. You know, and maybe it's just it's the way it is. I mean, the only game, what the only game that I've I've been playing on my mobile phone is Fallout Shelter, 
And sometimes the only time I'll make time for fallout shelter is just to make sure somebody I have out in the field doesn't die. Right. You know, I'll turn on real quick. Okay, great. He has enough stem packs. I'll turn it back off, (laughs) you know, Um, because, yeah, it's cheaper just to make sure that they live than resurrect them, bring them back. But yeah, I don't know. I'm I'm curious. I'm more curious about it. I would love to see, you know, what's up. But uh, I'm not too thrilled about it. I think it's safe to say that, I mean, I used to play a whole butt ton of Pokemon. And I've really calmed down over the... I've, I rarely play Pokemon anymore. I have the new one, the newest one. I still have it in, in the plastic seal. I haven't opened it up. Um, Which version do you have? Uh, The red one. Oh, sweet. I have the blue one, so... Oh, cool. Then we can play and we can share these. Yeah. Anyway. Um, Got a partner. Okay. Um. <laughs> <laughs> But 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 I think it's safe to say you you rarely play Pokemon. I mean, it, it, it's definitely for us anyway. It's not as common a thing as, as it once was. Um, well, I, so like sometimes when I'm actually playing Destiny, I play Pokemon. Really? <laughs> yeah, really? Like, yeah, really. Like between matches, like I'll hop on and I'll do some stuff. Yeah. Wow. And yeah, that's that's what I'm saying. Like I am a Pokemon fan. And I'm not very, like, this is kind of like, oh, okay. Like, it seems cool, you know. But it's just not something I'm, I'm super duper interested in. Mainly because of the traveling aspect. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. That's the thing. Because I think of things like, I don't know, gas money. Like, you know, that's uh, that's one of the things that I, that, that I think about. You know, I, I do think that's a big part of this is that you need to, I think you need a certain level of immaturity to enjoy that. Because, yeah, if you're not, I feel like this is something that, like, kids in high school who maybe just got their car, yep. kids in college who have a lot of free time and a bit of disposable income because they're being supported by their parents, they might enjoy this more than, like you said, somebody with a job who values their downtime yeah. and is not necessarily willing to just drive around arbitrarily for hours on a Saturday to catch virtual objects. Yeah, yeah that, that's where I was definitely going to go with that. Well, I'm curious to see how they're going to try to keep people out of dangerous areas. <laughs> yeah, Don't go that mine. Yeah. It's dangerous. But there's the trio there. Yeah, yeah, you know, like that's the thing. Like that Pokemon you've been looking for is like you know in Camden in front of a drug dealer's house. Oh hell no, no. Yeah, it's like oh, not, he's just gonna not, have to keep his ass there. Not even for Arceus would I go into Camden. <laughs> but yeah, that's the thing. I mean, it's I, I want to see how that's gonna work. You know, mm-hmm. actually, with Camden, like for those who are listening who aren't from New Jersey, if you're white and you go to Camden expect to get pulled over by the police like it's that bad because they, they it's they figure either you're lost or you're there to buy drugs that's the only two reasons a white person would be in camden according to the uh camden police department let me put it like this if if you're white and you go into camden all of a sudden the fortress theme from super mario brothers 3 starts playing in the background Yes. You're like, oh, this is bad. Let's get out of here. Go to Hangfield. Go to Hangfield. Yeah, it's it's not the best place to be, but like, how do you keep people out of areas like that? Uh, you know, as, as a developer, you don't know what areas are bad. And I'm like, what are you pulling census data in with the game? Like, no. Like, I, I honestly believe that they wouldn't, a lot of the smaller cities they would ignore, they would probably go to something like, this is just me put, put, pulling it out there, Center City, Philadelphia, or even Citizens Bank Park. There's a rare Pokemon there. Like the big visible areas, like like the White House or or 
or or uh, Golden Gate Bridge, something where there's a lot of tourists. That's where the the big rare Pokemon would be at. Um, I don't see like a small Pokemon, uh, like a legendary rare Pokemon in the creek in a van down by the river. You know. Gotcha. All right. Well, let's uh, let's move on. Let's talk about you know uh, some Kickstarter justice. Uh, uh-huh. with- I'm okay with this. Yes! Yeah, there was a uh, Kickstarter that failed to deliver uh, rewards to its backers. And actually, it's called... uh, I'm having a hard time actually finding the name of the Kickstarter. Uh, But it was for a card game, it looked like. And the backers were supposed to get... uh, What was it? A deck of cards? Yeah, yeah, it was the the Asylum Playing Card Campaign. That That was what it was. Yeah. They were supposed to get like a deck of cards. Never happened. Somebody took them to court, and uh, yeah, they lost. They lost, and they have to uh, they have to award uh, each of the thirty one. These are for the people who are uh, who were in Washington State who backed the Kickstarter. Then there were thirty one people from Washington State who were backers. They have to pay them restitution in the amount of six hundred and sixty dollars each. Additionally. They have to pay $31,000 in civil penalties for violating the state's Consumer Protection Act. That's $1,000 per backer, in case you can't do division there. Um, <laughs> that's what they had in the article, folks. That's what they had in the article. I'm just like, really? You couldn't you could just let people get you know take the care of take care of that themselves and then they're also required to pay back to pay twenty three thousand one hundred twenty eight oh sorry one hundred and eighty three dollars to cover the state's court costs mm-hmm. So like they, I, that's that for that's the thing for for a game developer. Well, um, obviously these aren't like a video game developers; they're just you know card game developers. Well, for, I don't think it's a video game. Forget video games or card games. This is bigger in terms of it's setting a precedent now for Kickstarter stuff. At least in, in Washington State, it is. <laughs> and, and and I mean, there's a lot of people who in Seattle who who. Do stuff for Kickstarter, especially with like uh, Mighty Number no. Nine. Just, just, just jumps in my head because of the delays that that game has been having, disappointingly. But that's beside the point. Um, so now, if you're a resident of of Washington State and you put money towards uh, anything in Kickstarter, I'm going to be, I'm going to be a little hesitant now that uh, if I'm somebody who's starting a uh, a campaign on Kickstarter. I'm going to be a little hesitant uh, in accepting money from from Washington just because if something goes wrong, you are liable for a lot of damages potentially. Yes, yes. Now, it could be said it, the the big problem was that they were not relaying properly um, you know, what was going on with the Kickstarter, that there were delays and things like that cuz it doesn't say that the Kickstarter folded. It was just saying that there were delays. Uh, and they were they they didn't you know they were failing to deliver rewards to its backers you know preferably on time or you know at least the backers I guess the time passed nobody said anything and that was it mm-hmm. so you know it could be not as dire as we thought maybe it is that but then again it does set a precedent where if you know in Washington State if you do not uh, you know fulfill your Kickstarter promises you know you've been served. <laughs> The, you know. This I, I wish this was more of a national thing than just Washington. Oh yeah, one hundred percent. Because you, I think you'd need they they they'd have these uh you know kicks people who are doing kickstarters, uh making more realistic promises. You know, like we wouldn't have like look at the chimney three. You know, 
Well, how much money did they get? They got like three million or four million, or was it ten million? It was a lot of. I know that they got a lot of they, money. They got a lot of money in in terms of the millions. But then the, the you know the uh, the developer uh, or the creative lead or whatever you want to call them straight up said that we need way more money than what we got to actually finish the game. They only did the Kickstarter as a way to show that there is uh, interest. Interest, and that shit's got to stop. That shit has got to stop. You know. What do you have a bigger? Uh, 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 this is just this is related but unrelated at the same time. What do you have a bigger issue with, Kickstarter as a whole or the pre-ordering system uh, pioneered by GameStop? The pre-ordering system pioneered by GameStop, one hundred percent. Let them burn. <laughs> Let them burn. Like yeah, like yeah. That 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 is. I think that that's worse. The pre-ordering system. Especially, actually, I just I was talking to Sage the other day. He was like, "Oh man, Metal Gear Solid Five is sold out." I'm like. Sold no, it's out. Not. It's I, was not like, I was like, sold out. I was like, what do you mean it's sold out? I was like, yeah, I just went to GameStop and they said it was sold out. I was like, oh, GameStop sellouts don't count. <laughs> they don't. They don't sell. Yeah, GameStop sellouts don't way. count. <laughs> yeah, I was, that's exactly what I told him. I was like, look, GameStop only get, they only bring in enough inventory. They bring in inventory based on how many pre-orders they have. If they got ten pre-orders, they bring in fifteen games. Then they sell the five games, and when somebody else comes in, they're like, oh, no, sorry, sold out. You should pre-order next time. That's how they try to hook people into pre-ordering. If you walk across the street to Best Buy, they have plenty of them. Plenty of them. I don't know. Like, I haven't had a game that I haven't been able to walk into a store and get on release day since, like, oh, my God. 2003? <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. Yeah, like for me yesterday, I didn't pre-order Super Mario Maker, didn't do anything. I know I could have gotten some special coin at Best Buy. I actually I actually went into the GameStop. I was like, all right, Mario Maker, let's go. Cool, thank you, bye. Yeah. Because <laughs> uh, uh, these GameStops over here, they, they know better. They're competing with that, with the, with the eShop. Yeah. You'd be surprised. Like for a Nintendo product, the eShop makes a lot of money. Yes, the physical copy is very, very valuable because number one, it's a Nintendo game. Number two, even more so, it's a Mario game, which means it's going to hold up its value. But that being said, there are still people who are shelling out millions of dollars on that eShop. Nintendo makes a buttload of money on that eShop because they won't reduce the prices. And they're more than happy with that digital copy. Um, so GameStop is, 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 is in a tough bind right now and they have to have that inventory to basically counter the eShop. Uh, the one nice thing about the Mario Maker physical copy is it comes with a, a booklet that has a whole bunch of stuff, but I'm kind of diverting into. Yeah, it's a totally GameStop. different topic. Right. So, <laughs> so basically what, what I was, was, what I was getting at was that a lot of these companies now are are having plenty of co- uh, copies on game day. You shouldn't pre-order. And that Kickstarter as a whole is just a an evolution of that pre-ordering system in terms of video games. Um, there are certain things that you probably should kick in some money to. Um, but on a whole, I wouldn't put in like, like some of these people putting in $200, $300 towards a game. I'm like, dude, just, just put in the minimum amount and get your your game right right sometimes if you don't put in more than the minimum amount the game doesn't get funded that's 
then that's a sign maybe you shouldn't be putting in more than the minimum amount. Well, here's the thing. If, 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 it, if you cannot successfully fund a campaign with enough people only putting in the minimum amount, then your, your, your project is too ambitious. It's, it's as simple as that. Your, your project is too ambitious and you, you're spending way too much money. Uh, the 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 one recent example was um, the campaign for the because Mighty Number no. Nine is basically basically the spiritual successor to Mega Man. There was gonna I forget what it's called Red something or whatever. It was supposed to be the spiritual successor to Mega Man Legends. Um, it didn't get funded at all. It was it, the 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 amount of money that they were asking was too ambitious. The the whole project was. Uh, was so vague in what they were delivering. They they said it was supposed to be a successor to Mega Man Legends going all over the place. And on Kickstarter, it didn't get funded at all. Yeah, it, it was Red, Red Ash. There we go, Red Ash. Um, so, so like, a lot of these kicks... I, I'm, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a huge anti-Kickstarter person because... the I'm, Say what you will about the game industry. They try to focus your ideas into one thing... So that it can come out. Otherwise, if you have these huge ideas and go full on Kojima, sometimes it just doesn't work. Most of the time, it doesn't work. That's right. the, I think that's what Kojima is. Kojima, like he can take this this wild shit and then like rope it together and make he, a great game. He's a very rare individual because there are a lot of people who want to be Kojima, kind of like a lot of people who want to be Miyamoto and put stupid crap on Mario Maker. I mean, um, it, no, um, Wait, it, calm down, calm down, back. take it easy, deep breaths, kick, kick started bad, kick started bad. <laughs> okay, well, that will move on to our last topic, which actually it, it stemmed from a uh, a tweet, uh, where from uh, this is from Ferguson Mitchell, mm-hmm. uh, Alpha Ferg, and it says, if you want to talk about diversity issues in esports, it starts here, and it's a picture of. How many casters is this? Was that four, eight? I believe oh. it's uh, sixteen. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it is sixteen. It's just numbered weird. <laughs> but yeah, uh, on the second row has five. The third, the fourth row has three. Yeah. Uh. So, and they're all white, and they one of them's female, and uh, you know, then the string of replies. Like some people are like, "How was this an issue?" Actually, you know, talking about before you even get to the reply, uh, you might want to talk about what game that that was for. I believe I can't. I, I think it's. Even, I don't know if it's League or if it's Dota. It's a, definitely. It's it's a MOBA game. And see how much I I actually pay attention to MOBAs myself. But right, uh, I, I, I think that's pretty important to what we're going to be discussing. Yeah, you're right. It is. It's definitely like a MOBA game. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, a lot of some of the replies were like, "How's this and how's this an, an issue?" You know, and some people are like, "It's just because the casters are white and male, or they're just white," and some. You know, a lot of the replies are like, you know, well, it's not diverse because there's no people of color, and they're going back and forth, you know, on on that. And I think this raises an issue itself with people being like, if they don't see somebody of another race, or if 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 <laughs> if all they see is white males or or white people, you know, in a certain community or representing a community by casting, it's now a problem. Mm-hmm. And I think that's an overreaction and kind of, uh, what is the word? It kind of dilutes uh, the, um, 
importance of diversity when it actually is a problem. Does that make sense? Am I saying that right? Yeah. Because, you know, when it, when it comes to streaming, I don't think, you know, I don't think anybody is keeping other races out of streaming. Well, in streaming in general, it, it definitely not. Because actually somebody else posted a picture of the fighting game community and uh, their streamers, which that's, uh, then you have Hispanics, uh, you have white people, black people, Asian people, people who I don't even know what race they are, to be honest with you. Ambiguous. Yes, ambiguous. <laughs> like, you know, um, you have people from all races broadcasting in the fighting game community. Uh, so obviously, like, nobody's keeping, nobody's stopping them in this community from doing it. Like, even in, you know, the community that we're talking about here, which is like, let's say, a, a MOBA community, whether it be League or Dota, uh, nobody's stopping people. Of, there's nothing stopping people from color from casting. It's just that these are the casters for this community because for whatever reason, they're probably the best. Mm-hmm. You know, just like the casters in the fighting game community, they're they're known they're they're well known streamers, and you see them at Evo, you see them at you know uh, big E events and even smaller tournaments because they are the best at what they do. You know, just because you see a wall of white males casting doesn't mean that something's wrong mm-hmm. per se. Not to mention the fighting game community; its streamers reflects the diversity of the community itself to be honest with you if anything i would say that white people in the fighting game community are a minority they definitely are they're a minority i mean well we we just went to summer jam they are definitely a minority there you go to evo you know you see mostly i honestly i see you see mostly black and asian people followed by you know hispanic people after that you know marvel champion kbr is from argentina uh, MKX champion, uh, Sonic Fox, he's black, you know? I think the With Smash... With hat. Well, yeah. <laughs> I think the Smash community has, is probably, I want to say the whitest. <laughs> that doesn't right. sound right. No, it, um, no, I know what you meant, yeah. Yeah, but it, it definitely has the most white people in it. I think that's the most white people I saw on stage is, uh, when, when, uh, they were playing Smash, you know? So maybe that's why and it's a reflect, and even their their broadcasters, their broadcasters are for, for for the Smash streams. They're typically you know white, and I think that's the same issue with MOBAs. Like most of the players that you see are white. Yeah, well, most of the streamers you see are white. And I, when I look at tournaments and you know, uh, uh, or footage from tournaments and things like that, most of the teams that I see, they're either Asian or they're white. So I'm maybe I'm a little surprised that there aren't any Asian people in this picture. But then again, we are looking at American streamers. If you go to Korea and look at Korean streamers, they're going to be fucking Korean. Usually. You know? <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's the thing. Like, it's... I, I, it's, I think the race... No, sorry, not the race barrier. The, uh, the language barrier is more important than the race barrier. Mm-hmm. You know? If... And I would love to get to be able to collect data on this. And don't get me wrong, I know that there's tons of minorities who play League of Legends and they play Dota, they play Heroes of the Storm. But if the bulk of the players are Caucasian, I don't see I don't see a problem with there being mostly white or even all white streamers. Like you know, like the there's 16 people here. 
out of the millions of people who are playing the game. And these are just the people who they 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 probably have the lar- the largest followings for streaming. They're probably streamers in a professional setting because they have the largest following following, following for streams, you know, on Twitch or on YouTube. Uh, and then they were just brought to do the streams at professional events. I don't doesn't, necessarily see a problem with this. But doesn't that isn't that sort of the self perpetuating problem though, where this this group of white people all they have the biggest following and so they get the jobs and so then they get more following and if there are any you know minority streamers out there they're being ignored because they're not getting to that threshold but if somebody could break through because i think the issue here is is i mean you're right streaming is a fairly open community and that you know anybody can do it regardless of race or color and kind of get popular based on what they're doing there um, based purely off talent but the issue here is that all of these people here are in a professional setting. They were all selected by a, by several companies. I'm guessing. I'm, I'm assuming this wasn't all one company that just uh, you know that, that ran all these separate events that these pictures were taken from. And out of all these companies making all their own independent decisions, still no, there were no minority streamers that seemed viable. But if one of them just you know all somebody needs to do is pick one minority streamer put them in there and then that person just by exposure will start getting followers and then maybe somebody breaks through here. It's it's. The issue, I don't think it's so much... I mean, I think the issue is that whoever is throwing these events, nobody amongst all these events found any viable minority streamers that they could use, and only one female? Well, the, 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 in, in some ways, I'm, I'm going to go to golf. It, it's, it's a little bit... In terms of, 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 of... For streaming, I would say it's pretty race-free as in terms of decisions you want to go for the expert um and for stuff such as moba or whatnot the more visible people tend to be white um when it when it came to golf most people were most mostly white and then here comes tiger woods who becomes the best golfer in the world he gets all the money and all of a sudden he's put on the platform if there was a black person in the moba community who came up like tiger woods I guarantee you they would be the, the the first person put up there. They would be asked for all all, all to, to promote um the game. They would be asked to sit in and and do interviews. They would um broadcast or whatever. Um and and mo- I think most of these photos aren't so much for streaming. This is a uh, commentary, correct? Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. yeah, that was just said stream, but yeah, like commentary. Right. Right. Either that or people like wearing suits when they stream. <laughs> well, well, that's just a lot of their personalities. That's just yeah. white people. White people things. Oh no, <laughs> no. Look on, look on the fighting game one. Almost all, all the black guys have ties on. Yeah, they do. <laughs> but, but that, that's beside the point. What I'm saying is, I guarantee you, if there was a, a viable highly competitive black person who became popular in the streaming community won uh the won these tournaments or whatnot they would be put on a pedestal yeah um, that's the thing and, like- and it has nothing to do with their race yeah. it has to do with their skill this is this is one of those times where i honestly believe that the talk about diversity is a non-issue because of who the experts are nobody's being held back um fighting games I would think it's safe to say 40% of the community is black. 
20% is Asian, another 20% is, is Latino, and the other uh, 20% is everybody else. In, in the U.S. it is, at least. In the U.S., obviously not worldwide, but I'm yeah. talking. I'm just talking about our own collective United States. Yeah, um, yeah. Around the world, it's different numbers because it's not as much of a melting pot as it is in the U.S., but that's beside the point. Right. Um, yeah, I think so. I'm, you're you're gonna get, you're gonna get a lot of black people on these fighting game. Uh, uh, what is it? The, the the broadcast teams, the streamers, and whatnot. A lot of the people at Evo are gonna be black. A lot of the champions are gonna be black, just because if there's a lot of them, chances are more likely than not, one of them is gonna become a champion. Um. So if 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 there was were more black people involved in MOBAs or 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 this stuff, I guarantee you there would eventually be a champion who would eventually become a broadcaster who would eventually become you know considered an ex well it'd be an expert first then a broadcaster and 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 so on and so forth so the the bigger issue here is that um as we were talking about before we even got got here was um and it has nothing to do with them per se but females um aren't getting they're not feeling, I should say, more integrated in the community than the than their male counterparts. Um, and I'm not trying to be all feminist here, but a lot of the issue comes into play where a lot of them just they, they don't feel comfortable in the community. And I know that you were you you were going to mention something about this, Nick. So I, I I don't know if you want to jump in first or you want me to make the point first. Oh, that was a while ago. I forgot what I was going to say now. But <laughs> no, but. Well, I think, well, no, because you were talking specifically, though, um, about how a lot of females will, um, you know, like, they don't like to, to broadcast that they're a female when they're playing. Either they won't mention, uh, you know, they, they'll, you know, they won't use their mic that much, uh, or they won't mention, you know, they, they you're, you know, they, they try to come across as a guy, um, you know, stuff of that nature. Uh-huh. Um, and, and I think really, I don't know, it's, that's, I don't know. It's not good. They shouldn't have to do that, but that's, I don't know. Yeah. I forgot exactly where I was going to go with that before. (laughs) I I was actually kind of excited because I wanted to to hear your point. I think, I don't know. I'm going to step in for Nick here. I'm not sure if he's going to, I don't want to say I'm going to talk for him because if I say something totally off the cuff, he's going to be like, no, 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 that's not what I meant. (laughs) (laughs) That that is only his opinion, not mine. Maybe uh, maybe, uh, what I think he might have wanted to say is that if, you know, because you're right, there's a lot of girls, and this has been going on since, for a long time. I used to have a girl in my clan back when I played UT that she would not talk. Mm-hmm. And because she wouldn't talk, we, she couldn't even play competitive matches with us. She'd only talk to one guy on the team. And I was like, well, dude, she's useless to us at, at this point. Um, yet she wanted to play. Um, in order for that to kind of go away at least start to go away because like right now i think that the reaction that they're afraid of is guys being surprised by hearing a girl because it does happen like if you hear a girl uh it is a little surprising mm-hmm. um i know my tone may turn a little bit but it's not because they're a woman it's because i'm trying to figure out that if whether they're a woman or if they're bo- like a little boy because if they're a little boy <laughs> i'm leaving i'm fucking leaving <laughs> all right speaking on behalf of nick uh, the statements made by Jarrett Redding are of his and his alone, and are not representative of this f- podcast. Dude, I don't uh, care. If I'm a squeaker, just joking. If a squeaker I'm comes joking, on to group chat, I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm gone. Unless I'm in charge of the group chat, then they're gone. 
Right, right. No, I'm just joking. I'm yeah, joking. but like you know, and there are some people who, some guys who will say things. There's actually a, quite a few guys will say things, mostly in their teens and early twenties, who will be assholes and say some shit like, "Well, you want to fucking crucible my dick or something like that," you know, like some yeah. stupid shit like that. One of the worst experiences I've ever been part of, and it wasn't me directly. Like this was me doing Destiny. We uh. We were doing Vault of Glass. This was early on, um, and somebody posted on LFG, so I invited her in. I didn't know it was a her at the time. She comes in. She's like, hey, guys. Um, a couple of the people were like, oh, it's a female. Yo, I'm joking you not. This was the word that came out of his mouth. You want to suck my dick? Immediately. That was the first thing that came out of their mouths as soon as they heard it was a female. And I'm just like, What? I immediately booted them from the fire team. I was like, I'm not putting up with that. Well, yeah, but it, it was just yeah. so surprising that that was that that was the first thing that came out. Um, and it really shouldn't. Um, and and I'm I'm no a lot of the experiences the females have aren't exactly that, but they're borderline to that level, and it's unfortunate. And yeah. well, yeah, like I said, a lot of the younger players will do some stupid shit like that. Um. Oh, this, older... this guy was, was in his 20s. Well, yeah, he's still oh. a younger player to us. Well, the, uh... well how, how... Don't make me feel old! Damn it! My birthday's coming up this coming Thursday, and you're gonna go ahead... We're, oh, well, they're younger players. We're, 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 we're borderline old. Dude, you people. should take pride in the fact that you're an older player. Shut up! <laughs> like, I am timeless. I am timeless like Estelle Getty because she is the original Golden Girls. Dude, player. I don't like, dude. I don't give a fuck. Every year, I just grow more powerful. <laughs> Somebody can tell me I'm old and I'm not, or old or whatever. I don't give a fuck, dude. I, I just I grow wiser every year. I have more resources available what every are you, year. Getting older is fucking awesome until you get to a certain point and you start shitting like your diapers. Like that's a problem. <laughs> but, but before that, I don't give a fuck. Like that's what I'm saying. Like yeah, like younger, more like immature players. You know, right. they, they do shit like that. And one thing I think is important for the community is that, like, what you did, like, it can't be tolerated. You know, it has to be shown that it's not okay to do that. But at the same time, uh, I think females still, like, instead of being afraid to talk, you just gotta do it. You gotta be, uh, have courage. I almost say be, be brave and do it, but like, have courage and do it so that it becomes more of a normal thing. Right, you know, so it's not as awkward, uh, or doesn't like some players like, wow, that's really strange that there's a female here. I didn't think any girls have females to play with. Since I've been playing Destiny, I've only played with one other female, and that's Moosted from Dark from Dark Spell. Mm-hmm. You know, and I mean, she's perfectly fine. Her and there's another, uh, at least one other female in our clan that plays Destiny, and I think because of our our clan is just a bunch of older people, nobody even it's not even a second thought to anybody that this could be a problem. Right, you know, but it needs to be like you know, in order to 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 help normalize that, which I mean, it's not it's not normal. It's it's considered not normal simply because they it, it, you're right, they don't talk. But to help normalize it, they just have, they have to speak, and like so, I think it's a two part problem. Or two, there's a two part solution. One, we have to show that it's not acceptable mm-hmm. uh, for you know these females to be harassed in these situations, and two, they just gotta. They just got they they gotta have some courage and they gotta talk. And 
I don't know. Like, I, I, I can't say it. I can't, I can't, like, say I, I can get it. I can tell you how to handle this. Because I know how I handled people finding out that I was black and talking on a mic when I was, when I was younger. And people would say some things. And that's immediately, I would immediately have a reply for them. You know, some shit that would just steal their soul. You know, <laughs> like, and that's how I, sh- I shut so many people up that way, and it eventually stopped. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's kind of the same thing. Like, yo, if if somebody's gonna say some shit to you, fight back. You know, like like was like what Lord Strax says, and fight back. Like you, you control gotta, the zones. Yeah, exactly. You control gotta, the youngins. Yeah, you gotta fight back. That that is one thing. And some people are gonna be like, well, you're fucking victim blaming. I'm just saying that's how I dealt with it. You gotta fight back. We're not talking about physically fighting. You gotta have some verbal. Gotta have some verbal fisticuffs here sometimes. People that you, everybody that you run into is not going to be nice, unfortunately. You know? And I think maybe I was more used to that because of the communities that I, I, I was involved in. I was involved in highly competitive communities. Fucking Quake 3 Arena, Unreal Tournament, Counter-Strike. Just, you know, waves and waves of assholes in those games. <laughs> Tons of nice people. Shit ton of assholes in those games, too. You know? And you gotta be ready to to just like bounce that ball right back to them when they sh- when they fucking throw that shit at you. It it was full on four chan back then. Yeah, it was. It, it, it can get you know it can get pretty bad. And you know what? You win some and you lose some. There was definitely some verbal battles I got into that I would lose. You, you know, didn't spit hot fire. I didn't spit the I didn't spit the hottest fire. You know, definitely some verbal battle that you lose. But instead of just taking the loss and then getting upset about it you got to figure out what you did wrong <laughs> you know it's like what can i do next time you know you're laying in bed that night and then it finally hits you what you should have said <laughs> it's like okay i'll keep that i'll keep that uh ready to go for the next time that's thing. i give you if nobody uh, nobody is gonna come and make this right for them mm-hmm. they have to they have to they have to jump out there they got they gotta they gotta you know get in there and like we're, we're not we're talking about video games here you know what i'm saying we're not talking about like anything physical or in in the real world so to say you know there's no physical danger here there shouldn't be there shouldn't be You're right there shouldn't be That's any physical danger because we have seen in news moments where people on completely opposite sides of, of the country unfortunately take it to they, they, they kept it real too wrong yeah um, yeah um, but yeah, I, I think the biggest thing that the, to take away from what we're saying here is the community needs to change and it needs to be more inviting. Um, and that in certain instances, um, the diversity being a factor isn't really a factor as much as it is um, the experts in this field. Thankfully, the video game community is very self-policing and it, it has become um, more accepting of other people's. Um, of all different kinds of races, creeds, genders, and and whatnot, but there's so much work to be done. And I think it's safe to say that the bigger issue here, or at least in my opinion, is gender as opposed to race. And that's something I never thought I would see um, in in anything um, where gender was a bigger issue than the race. Right. I think in terms of gaming communities, race is becoming, you know, less and less and less of a problem it's more of a gender thing now because i don't no matter what the stats say um 
females are still a minor. Like they they they, they do not comprise fifty percent of the core gaming audience. You know, solitaire well, the, the doesn't more, count. Solitaire does not fucking count. <laughs> Candy Crush. More, does Candy Crush count? <laughs> I was gonna say the more competitive side of the community. Yes, yeah, and especially in the competitive side of and, the community, and that's the more visible side. Um, right. Despite the, the despite them only being what five percent. Yeah. Um, they are ve- they're they're definitely the the more visible side of the community. Um, and it, when that changes, when there's more females and. And and in terms of stuff like Dota, when there's more African Americans and Lat- Latinos and and whatnot in there, in the Amer- at least in the American sense, yeah, and to a certain extent the Canadian as well, um, then we'll see more more experts and broadcasters who are of different races and and creeds, um, and just putting them up on a platform because they're black is unfair to them and unfair to to people of that race. Exactly. Then, yeah. Because I I personally don't want a Latino put up on there be, just because they're Latino and they know diddly squat about the game. That would make that would make us look completely stupid. Exactly. That's the thing. Like you can't just put them up there just because they're black. You can't bypass somebody who let's say deserves it just because. Well, we need a black person, so mm-hmm. so be it. I, I was gonna say that. Now that doesn't mean that you can't network inside those uh, those circles and get yourself put up that way. That's right. a totally legit method of, that, of making shit happen for yourself. Right, but be, 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 being a broadcaster who's articulate and and knows what they're talking about, and, and they might not be the expert, but they know exactly what they're talking about. I wouldn't mind that, and and I don't think most people would have a, would would have a problem with that. Not everybody who's a competitive player who's a champion can easily translate to being a broadcaster. Sometimes you need the quote-unquote, you know, not top tier, but middle tier to help facilitate more people to become top tier or even, you know, introduce people to the game. Right. Right. Yeah, I just th- I, I just thought it was an interesting post or interesting tweet, and I thought it was a, you know, I don't think we have... Uh diversity is not a problem here i think the just like just like the fighting game community and other you know uh other communities their their streamers or their commentators kind of represent the people that you see in those games maybe not 100 percent, you know maybe not 100 percent. but you know if this i'll put it to you like this if this was the other way around and there were no white people in this picture nobody would say a word Mm-hmm. Nobody would have said a single thing, you know. So, uh, like, save the outrage for you know. Not saying, not saying this guy was raging or anything like that. Don't get me wrong, but like you know, save the outrage and, and the self righteousness for when it's actually a necessity, you know. Especially for for a video game, for the video game community, who say what you will, they are pretty much the most accepting group of people that I've ever been around. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, we, we are, we are acceptable. We're not like when we talked before about all those people saying nasty things online, unless you're Nick, uh, Nick over here who hates people of all colors. That's that's a minority. <laughs> like that's, that's just a, that's a vocal minority. No, but but that, no, no, I agree. I think overall, I think overall the video game community is very inclusive. And I think by and large, you know, we, we focus more on what people can do as opposed to, you know, who they are or, or you know like what what qualities they may have um or if but, they got- yeah but it's just it's just that 
it's one that, that's one of those things though where it, it's a double-edged sword because I think you're right that the, the community is inclusive but if you're somebody who you keep running into those assholes and you keep running afoul of them you're not going to think that way and then when you hear somebody say like oh the community is very inclusive like you just think anecdotally about mm-hmm. your experience which is very skewed and then you you, you don't you don't see the whole picture and, and maybe in honesty maybe I'm not seeing the whole picture because I think the community is inclusive and maybe there are more assholes out here out there than I give them credit for. No, no, no. Cause I mean, I get, I get what you're saying as far as the community being very inclusive and, and, and I think by and large, we are very tolerant. We do accept people, but yeah, it's that, that, that minority of assholes is a very, very loud minority. And that's, that's the sad part. I think it's only like as loud as it is because everybody else is just like, they don't care. Like they're just like, what they're just going about their business? Like you don't have, you, you don't have people on the other side yelling back. Actually, I'll, I'll disagree with that point. I think they're more visible simply because we allow them to be visible. When you, when the flame war starts and it erupts, that's when they be, when it becomes super visible. And the more we don't give in to that temptation to start a flame war, then the better. To, and, the, and the more we're willing to just end the conversation right there and not give them a platform, then the then you'll start to see that go down even more. But when you empower them by responding, sometimes just even responding, that's when you activate, you know, the worms and, and the chocolate starfishes and, and, and you got to move on. Yeah, I, I don't think just by letting them not saying anything back is going to stop. Like, look at Gamergate. Like you have the, the bulk of the gaming community just not saying anything about it. And the gamer, like the, uh, the negative aspect of Gamergate, the ones who are misogynist, were just everywhere posting and everything you know and that 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 you know because there wasn't a, a a good majority of gamers fighting back against that that's why the gamergate tag or the gamergate movement was was shut down so fast in terms of actually being a movement uh about games journalism because it, it was so easily overtaken by misogynists because nobody really fought back against it but you're right. I mean, it is more noticeable when you have two groups going at it, but at least you have two opinions going back and forth, mm-hmm. you know, to, for people to see versus not, you know, that's how you get, uh, you know, I need a Sarkeesian on the, uh, on fucking Dateline, <laughs> you know, and then nobody will say otherwise because all the evidence is that these people are misogynist. So... Well, let's uh let's wrap up on that. This very long mash cast. Tennis Sage, he likes uh he likes long mash cast, so he'll be happy about that. Um, Who's Sake? Yeah, Sake <laughs> the Infinite. Yep. <laughs> so uh yeah uh mash cast is every Monday uh from now until at least November we're gonna be doing a new mash cast uh, probably through December actually, but we'll see. We're going to try. Uh, besides the Mashcast, we do have several other podcasts. We have uh, WoW Talk, which is uh, your official World of Warcraft podcast for Mash Those Buttons. That has every other week. We have Double Tap, which is the first week of every month that is uh, for the fighting game community. And then we have In Orbit, which is about Destiny and the uh, Destiny community, uh, which is the second week of every month. We just pushed one out last week. Uh, all of our podcasts can be found on iTunes, on SoundCloud, Stitcher Smart Radio, Overcast, which is iOS uh, only, uh, Player.fm, and Pocket Casts. 
Uh, we are on twitter.com slash MTB site. We're on facebook.com slash mash those buttons. And we are on youtube.com slash mash those buttons. Uh, I'm on Twitter. I am. I changed my my hat my uh, my handle finally from Concept SF. Now uh, you can find me on Twitter at uh, under uh, at you know underscore ja underscore. So underscore J A A underscore. Uh, Jorge, what is your? Uh, where can they find you? They can find me at twitter.com slash J I V as in Victor E G U I L L A. I'll probably be changing that soon to be the go-to NRG. Gotcha. That seems to be the big thing. Uh, you can also find me on Twitch, especially starting this Tuesday, uh, broadcasting for Mash Those Buttons uh, for the upcoming Destiny uh, Taken King. Uh, that can be found at www.twitch.com slash J-I-V-S-M-Victor-E-G-U-I-L-L-A. I wish I could change that one to just be go-to energy, but unfortunately I can't. Um, and I'll put uh, links for mash those buttons up there so that uh, you guys definitely know that we're part of the family over there. And uh, you can also get me on Facebook. Just look me up. Uh, my name is on the uh, the website for mash those buttons. Okay. How about you, Nick? I am at WookieBH. Well, that was quite yeah, a good that, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's all I got. Yes. I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah what, 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 WoW Talk is coming up this Tuesday or this uh, this. Well, yeah, it'll be, I guess, Tuesday it'll go up. Uh, yeah, so, um, yeah, but that's it for now. <laughs> okay, all right. Uh, we also do have a contest coming up. Oh! We, we have a contest coming up. I'm not going to give any details right Ooh. now. I would just, if I were you, I would uh, I would follow uh, MTB site on Twitter, mm-hmm. especially if you have an Xbox One or Windows 10 PC. Oh, intent, intent. Yeah, so I, I would, I would do that, um, and uh, yeah. So we'll, we'll, there's gonna be more information about that next week. Uh, well, actually, this week. Sorry, when you, when you hear that, so just keep your eye on at MTP site and uh, the Masters Buttons uh, Facebook page, and we'll, we'll drop more details. But as always, thank you for listening, and we will catch you guys next week. Have a great week, everybody. Guardians out.